0: Let me tell you the truth, like this journey of motherhood <laughs> I was the perfect mother before I had children. I'm gonna marry you one day. <laughs> there are some like hard conversations that we need to have. When I was with them. I'm right. supposed to be that couple we were nine months ago. Making temple for friends, for getting friends, mom friends. We
1: discover who Essa was as a mother. you know
0: this. I mean, it was not a
1: nice experience. But because yeah. I had God on my uh, you know, married. mom of one now. I'm a single mother two. My kids think I'm the most beautiful person they've ever met.
0: My daughter always tells me oh my goodness you are so beautiful. Welcome to the Mama Happy Hour podcast. I am your host Miss Wokesho. This is a space where we have real unscripted conversation on all things motherhood because I mean as a mom I can tell you that um, you get moments where you realize that you're not okay but and you need some help but you don't want to say anything because You feel like the society is going to judge you. It's going to make you feel like you sort of need to have it all together. But I'm here to tell you today, mommy matters. So whatever help and whatever you need to make your mommy um, transition better, I think you should do it. But getting into this conversation with me is a fellow mommy. Uh, her name is Esaza and today we'll be talking about the importance of aftercare. Hey Esaza, welcome to the Mama Happy Hour.
1: Hi Ms. Wakesho, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Mm. Um, so let's get into it. Tell us, who is Esaza? Mm. Yeah. So I am Esaza Kirande Hall.
1: I am a wife, uh-huh. a mother of two seven year old twins. Whoop, whoop. Um I am a stay-at-home mother and I'm a doula. I'm a pregnancy, labor delivery, and postpartum doula.
0: Whoop, whoop. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um definitely getting into the doula part. But before that, we wanna get into just S's. Yeah. So tell us, how was life before motherhood? Um Did you always want kids? Is it something that you had like a desire for? So,
1: I have known that I wanted to be a mother since I was a baby myself. Wow! (laughs) Since I was a toddler. Yeah. If there was a baby at a party at church or whatever, Mm. I would Mm. beeline for that baby. I would ask to hold the baby, I would mm. ask to change the nappies, I was just smitten by babies mm. I remember telling my mother that when I was about 5 years old that I want to be a mother one day Just mm. was like yeah, yeah, even like when I started um, dating my husband yeah. um, they, one of the first serious conversations we had and we were teenagers mm. was I want to be a mother oh, so in um, this for the long run if you want to be a father one day Tell me, if yeah. not, we are cutting this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I think also it's good that you have. Well, that was early. It teenagers, was early, <laughs> um, but also have these disca- discussions before actually you get into real serious relationships. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you get to a point that you realize you don't have, want the same things. Exactly. And these exactly. things actually happen. Yeah. When you get into, when you got into this whole wanting kids, were you sure? what motherhood really entails
1: no I saw the cute babies yes (laughs) I saw the toddlers I saw children I saw um, I mean as a teenager I saw really difficult teenagers but I didn't realize how much work there was into being a child I didn't realize that how much money it costs mm-hmm. to have a baby.
0: It's a whole other conversation.
1: I did not realize that I would have to relearn or rediscover who mm. SSL was as a mother. Mm. I did not realize that when the babies would be born, I okay, yes, I'll be on the path of self-discovery or rediscovery, but mm. I'll also have to... Um, um, discover who my husband was as a father, because mm. he was no longer my husband. He was my husband, the That's father true. of my children. Yeah. And even though we'd had all these conversations about what would be as parents, what we expected from each other, talking about it, I mean, we were the perfect parents. I was the perfect mother yeah. before I had children. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, yeah.
1: So even though I, I thought I knew everything, yeah what SSA said and what SSA did There was at times there were
0: two different things and I think it goes back to how life was before back in the day back in the days like when our mother's times mm-hmm. like they never discussed anything Mm-mm. all you saw once again was the cute kids mm-hmm. we never saw the admin that went behind mothering Mm-mm. we never saw the struggles that went behind mothering. So we as we went into adulthood and now mothering, we had no idea. We had no idea. And in some cultures you're not even allowed to ask. Yeah. Like, so yeah. how was it? Especially your mom. Exactly. They'll exactly. be like, no, maybe you can ask somebody else. Because yeah. like weirdly enough, I didn't even think of asking my mom how it was. Yeah, me too. Like, for example, the whole birth process. You know those things. Yeah, me ah, too. African parents. <laughs> you sit and ask what. So I thank God during that transition me of me getting into becoming a mom, you came in my life. Then yeah. I remember like sitting, I was about six months pregnant. And I'm asking you everything and you're just like, yo, this one. Yeah, she had a lot of questions because I had no one to you ask. You had no one to talk like, to. Like, because... You know you have Pinterest? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I wanted to ask, did you always know that you there was a chance for you to get multiples?
1: You know what? I knew that in Uganda we have yeah. a high in, a high instance of twins. Yeah, I knew yeah. that, but for me, I was like, no. Mm. I had I gone through so much I was like the universe cannot possibly give me twins. Yeah. I have gone over one mountain after another. Yeah. <laughs> I am good with just a singleton. I'm good with just one baby. Even my husband was like, twins, no. To the point where when I took the pregnancy test, when now we we suspected I was pregnant after Mm, my first missed period, um, I'm sitting on the toilet and I pee on the stick and sometimes it days wait a couple of minutes, minutes, five minutes or something, we wait for that bright cross to come. As I pulled it out, the cross was already there. And my husband and I joke, we're like, what if it's twins? We're like, never, ah, never. We don't want twins. Yes, yes. And we just pushed it aside. We didn't mm. think about it. For us, it was just one baby. We did not want twins. Sure, <laughs> sure. And then? And then, <laughs> the, the story of how we found out it was twins is quite funny. We went to, um, we had got on holiday and my father had been around and we we're just talking about, it. I was like, joking with my father maybe I want a stoker a pram and a stoker um a, a, what is it cot and yes. my father's like how much is it I'm like would you give it to me your first grandchild and I'm like it's 30 something thousand rands he's like oh but this is the first grandchild maybe yeah but we're just joking um it was never even a possibility I we'll, would we'll, never spend that kind of money on pram. but anyway what so, about the diaper What about a diapers the formula if you can't breastfeed um We even went on holiday and we went through the shops and we saw sales. And I was like, yeah, we should buy these things. And Louie and I were just like, you know what? Let's just wait. Let's just wait and see. We have to get through the first trimester. Then we went for our first scan at eight weeks. Mm. Um, doctor's quite good. We found a high-risk um, gynecologist mm. because we had to. But we didn't know he was a multiple specialist. You see, all the signs were pointing towards twins. twins and- the flags were there. And I was just like, no, no, no. Um and so he does the first scan of the first baby. I don't know how he managed not to show us the two sacks. Yeah. And he's like, the baby's doing well, blah, blah, blah. Louis was taking a video for the grandparents yeah. yeah. since we don't live near them. And then Louis turned off the can he was okay, well after twenty minutes he was done with the first baby. Yeah. And then he switches off the camera. Louis yeah. switches off the camera and the doctor's like, Well now let's look at the second baby. We're like, What? I'm like, I came in here with one baby. I came in here with one baby. <laughs> I'm like that's not how you tell a person they're expecting twins. Um, yeah, but we were happy, and then we got the shock of our lives the next day when we realized the costs.
0: <laughs> oh, do they? Do they? Um, is it a single consultation? No, we were charged for each baby every time. Damn. And then if I had an
1: issue, I was also charged. So sometimes I'd pay. For
0: Three. times
1: three times
0: three wow yeah but god provided. god provided you know somehow you made it work
1: we made it work we seven need, years we needed a bigger house we needed a bigger car we needed a bigger this we needed a bigger that. but god provided yeah. and
0: our village provided oh no that's beautiful Our village provided that's yeah. beautiful yeah. you i was talking about like now find out they're twins and where did you now start prepping for them? Like, in terms of, did you ask someone about them? Uh, how do you prep for twins? Or did you also, like me once again, it was Pinterest and Essa? Um, <laughs> did you have anyone else to talk to about prepping for multiples?
1: Um, so amongst my cousins, my close cousins and friends, mm. I was the first to get married. I was the first to have mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yeah. And um well, yeah, all my friends, I was the first to do it. Even like I've told you about my chronic illness. Yeah. With my close friends who have chronic illness, I was the first one to have a baby. And they had also been like, Please don't do it, please don't do it and then we found it was multiples and everyone was scared. But I was the first one and my gynecologist told me Mm. do not Go to Google. it's okay. like, Dr. Google is not your friend. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Um, and at that time, there was that movie that came come out, um, What to Expect and Expecting. So yeah, like, well, yeah. There's a book. And it's like, can I use this book? Because it was being like, do not go to any other books. Yeah. I'll tell you which books to use. I used What to Expect When Expecting. Mm. I did the apps. Um, the community on the internet wasn't as... Um, well established Mm. as it is now it was back in 2015 it was it was okay it was there
0: but But not as good not as good especially
1: in southern Africa in Africa Mm. Um, it was all American content European or Australian but African content, content just wasn't there so I would watch YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would. Um, my father's uncle, my father's brother, has twins. i so will talk to my aunt and to him, and yeah. he's an accountant. So i will talk to him about the
0: finances.
1: finances. Yeah, finances. Because Louis and I, we had saved up um, to manage one baby. Yeah. We were good to manage the. Mm one baby so (laughs) at least you had
0: savings because we
1: had savings that helped a lot that helped a lot Mm. actually so I I, I don't tell many people about this but to prepare for one baby to prepare to have children we had to make sure that we were both on board Mm
0: -hmm. and we had Mm -hmm. what we
1: call a baby contract so it wasn't just to be like oh uh, oh, I'm ready are you ready yeah yeah, yeah. and then you get the resentment because the other partner's not ready or impatient yeah so um, so what did the baby contact Contract entail. entail. So it was, um, I had to list my goals, my okay. own personal goals. Yes. Um, and Louis had to list down his personal goals. Mm. And then we had to put down our goals as a couple. Mm. So once we had met all these goals, we each signed, I signed underneath my goals, Signed. we signed his goals, mm-hmm. we signed our goals. And then the last one, this one was the most important part. Mm. You cannot push the other for a baby, even though you've met all you've done, given all your goals. Everything, yeah, yeah. If the other party is not ready, mm-hmm. you are not ready.
0: Yeah,
1: you cannot push that. them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then one of our goals was that we had to have a certain amount of money saved. Um, we had to have bought a place. We had to,
0: yeah, we had yeah. to be financially
1: ready. My health had to be great. He had to be in a certain place in his career, yeah, so that um, he was not now pushing and he's overworked to at the office and he comes home and is equally yes, overworked yes, at home. Yes, yes. We had to have that perfect balance. Mm. You're never totally ready for a baby, but yeah. we had to meet our balance. Okay. So, yeah, so when everything met, everything was in place, um, we had our the finances were okay for one baby. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because you didn't
1: expect the other one. We didn't expect the other one. So it was like, well, one of you came in. Um, Yeah, so that's what we did um, to prepare for these babies.
0: And for the purposes of people who don't know... the chronic illness part. Just mm-hmm. a short like um, a short overview of like of what so that they can actually like be in context with yeah. us as we carry on the conversation. Okay,
1: yeah, it will bring the picture together yes. for everyone. Yeah. Okay, so I was born with an illness called sickle cell anemia. It is a genetic blood illness. Um so it affects the red blood cells. They my blood cells are produced, when they're produced, they are round and bouncy and healthy as mm. all red blood cells are but as time goes on they mutate and they become c-shaped so that sickle shape and they become very long and sticky mm. and the hemoglobin is damaged and it doesn't carry oxygen properly mm. so what it does it's um these sickle cells they get clogged they get stuck together because they're very sticky and they're not bouncy like the red, the other red blood cells and they get clogged in my blood vessels capillaries and veins and that causes a lot of blood um the the blood doesn't flow well Mm. um body parts don't get oxygen i get a lot of pain there's organ damage um so it makes it tricky to have children um Mm. to be pregnant some Mm. people's illnesses get worse some of them are are okay Mm. you just never know and it's quite can be very unpredictable where a flare-up can happen at any point Mm. um or sometimes you can you'll see that there are different triggers like infection fatigue um for some people having their periods um just a lot of things um and one can end up in the hospital yes. for many weeks <laughs> very unplanned so yeah so when we were doing the baby contract we had to make sure my health was, was in a okay. certain yes. uh, position because I'd been so sick before that Um and that's why again I had to have the high risk gynecologist. Yes, yeah. So again, because of my illness as well, we were prepped for one baby. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't the the emphasis. (laughs) Emphasis one baby, but the two came and it's beautiful. It it was a it's been a lot, but it's Mm. just beautiful.
0: Yeah. So when the babies came, um, the little resources that you had, YouTube and your doctor. Um did they push you through and how how was the you know birth and postpartum was it um stressful um so birth um towards the birth
1: the twins were born at thirty four weeks mm. I had been in i c u for about three weeks before that from mm. about um twenty nine weeks I'd been in i c u um my blood levels were dropping and I was in quite a bit of pain mm. um and they I needed to be on a morphine drip for a while so I was very worried about the twins coming out addicted to morphine yeah, but the yeah. doctors were just like no don't worry we need to look after you for you to have healthy babies and for you to survive and look after these healthy babies oh, okay, okay. um and then I was also in maternity ward. I was in labor ward for a week before that. Mm. I was getting this horrible Braxton Hicks and um, the medicine supposed to stop the contractions. Um, we realized I was allergic to it. Sure. <laughs> um yeah, and I'd, um, I'd also had a cyclage where I almost miscarried the twins, so we had to sew my cervix up. So this the contractions like getting really, really bad. We thought labor would be triggered, but fortunately it was not, so I had to stay mm-hmm. in labor wood for a while. So the twins were born at 34 weeks by C-section. I hoped I'd make it to 38 weeks. I really hoped so, but my body was just like... No. My body was tired and mentally and emotionally I was wrecked I was I was so done I was uncomfortable in my body my kids were kicking around um I felt like I was in a body that was not mine like Mm. I was almost a prisoner Mm. but at the same time I wanted my kids out but at the same time I still wanted them in me because they were to me, there was safest Safer. Yes, in yes, my yes, body. Yes. I had more control over mm, that. So mm. It was a horrible position, but um, we—I had the C-section. It all went well, um, least, yeah. and then being born at thirty-four weeks, they had to—the twins had to go into um, NICU. NICU. They were there for three weeks. Um, recovery was quite. Good. Um, okay. Another twin mom had spoken to me before that. My husband's bosses, um, two bosses, had also had twins. Oh, another reason why I didn't want twins, because those people were just so busy. <laughs> Watched them with so, these toddlers, and I yeah. was like, "I don't want mm, that." Mm, mm. <laughs> um, so she showed, she talked to me, and she's like, "Listen, your kids might be born in NICU, but it's not a bad thing." And I'm like, "What do you mean it's not a bad thing? You yeah. want their kids to mm, be in NICU, hospital. Yeah, yeah?" And she's like, "Well, for you, it's not going to be a bad thing because you're going to have time to recuperate, mm, and those mm. nurses are going to teach you how to look after your babies."
0: Oh, that's important.
1: And um, that's what happened. Mm. I managed to get us because I, I lived about, I lived two hours away from the hospital where I gave birth. Mm. But the hospital, the doctors were so good. They got me a flat at the hospital. Mm, nice. So I could see my babies wow. at any time. If I wanted to see my babies at 3 a.m., I could go see my babies. <gasps> That's great. Um, and the nurses just showed me how to do everything, apart from breastfeeding. The horrible teaching me how to do that. But how to wash your babies, how to deal with hiccups, if there's something in their eyes, how to clean their eyes, yes. how to... Um, how to uh burp thin them. the mucus and burp them if they're clogged, how to yeah. make a saline solution and take out the mucus. There's just so much I was not going to learn on my own. Yes. Especially since in South Africa I do not we do not live near our parents. We have no yes, family. Yes, so yes. they just taught me so much in those three and a half weeks. And from there, the other thing, um i I love physiotherapy. Physiotherapy okay. is a way of recovering, it's a way of healing your body. And I got um, a pregnancy and postpartum physiotherapist who okay. gave me all of these exercises. It was like, okay, we're going to increase your lung capacity. We are going to do such and such exercises. This is how you're going to get out of bed. This is the physio you're going to do to heal yourself and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. And because
1: of that, um, the pain was. Om- not there, really, because yeah, yeah. I'd had a a sickle cell crisis after, and that hurt more than that C section. Yeah. So yeah. it was very, very good. So my postpartum recovery was a walk in the park, really. Um, it was just not taking the twins home that was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, as you've mentioned, yeah. how you did not have like people close by. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you cope? Because you know, also. <laughs> Them being in EQ, there was already a routine that has been had been established. Thank God yeah. you learnt enough. But also situation on the ground when you're exactly. actually alone with them and yeah. Abby. How did you guys cope?
1: So my mother in law was around to help us yes. a bit, but um it was nighttime that I discovered that my babies were very loud sleepers.
0: Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and the
1: first night I got Fifteen minutes of continuous. Sleep. Sure, I'd gotten them because in NICU they're covered with all these cables. They're checking oxygen levels yes, and yes, what yes. and what. So we got them those um uh those monitors that you clip onto the nappy and whatnot. But every time my kids moved, the the, the, the thing boom, boom, boom. I'm oh like, gosh. pick up my kids. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, are you alive? Are you? Alive? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were feeding every two and a half hours, three hours. Um, they would want. They've, I was breastfeeding and formula feeding because I was making enough, more than enough for one baby, but not mm. enough for two. Mm. Um, so now they would get their formula every two and a half to three hours, but um, one hour, one and a half hours after a feed, they, need, they wanted breast milk. Sure. So I was basically feeding. So did they everybody. know the difference? They knew the difference. Oh, no. They knew the yep. difference. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so every one and a half hours, I was feeding a baby. So I was just so tired. And that first month, we got home. My husband was Had a very big project where yeah. he was working sixteen, eighteen hour days at times. Sure. Um so and my mother in law was not going to be around even was not going to be around for longer than five days or so. She'd just come back to like get us settled yeah. and then she was leaving. We had a helper, um, but she had her own little one, so she had to go home at four yes, o'clock every day. Yes. So we quickly realized that we needed a night nurse.
0: Okay.
1: Um and uh, so we got a night nurse. Mm. They were not available in the area at the time. No people just got living nannies. Mm. But um, I wanted someone who's more, who trained. could more trained. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> this is a hack for moms. If you can't afford a, a night nurse, you go look into go look at companies mm. um, where they have nurses who look after the elderly or the sick. Mm. <laughs> and if it's a younger lady or even an older lady who has had her own children or has even looked after sick children, mm. those at home stay nurses, mm. they do they are very good night nurses. So that's nice. what we got. Yes. And she would come in from seven A seven PM to seven AM and my helper would come in from about six thirty AM and leave at four. So it's just at least, yeah, you you were coping, yeah. yeah. I just had like three hours on my own, which I also loved. Um, because I could it was just me and my babies bonding, no one else is important, yeah. Until my husband would also come and then we just have that time as four people. Um, so
0: that's what helped. (laughs) (laughs) And how (laughs) long did you um, need a night nurse? Did you have a night nurse? So I would have liked to have had a night nurse for about
1: Six or seven months Until they started sleeping Through the night But again um, I was financially ready For two baby yeah. For one baby yeah. Not yep. two yep. And um, So the night nurse We only managed to have The night nurse for three and a half months Okay, which was a short time but yeah but at least it, it, it helped. helped you you it slept helped. a
0: bit more yes you got a little bit more energy I got a bit more energy yeah. she
1: would manage she, would, she would call me if they needed to feed Yeah, if they really really needed breast milk mm. in the middle of the mm. night other than that I could get my like eight hours of Uninterrupted sleep, which really helped those first few months. It helps a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how was the transition, first of all? So, at least you gave us that hack for the night nurse because I know so expenses can be something that someone is truly like, yo, how are we going to do this? Yeah. And um, how how was it now when the night nurse is pulled away? How was the transition now going back into it? It was like a brick of walls had
1: fallen on me. <laughs> but we quickly, because we already had the twins in a routine from okay. NICU. So yeah. they fed every three ish hours. Yeah. When it came out of NICU, it was supposed to be four hours. But then um, I quickly realized that they had to go back to three hours with uh, um, a breast milk an hour and a half later. So we had them on a strict schedule. This is the time, um, this is the times we wake up. This is, going mm, this is the time to go to nap. This is the time to go for a walk. Mm. These are the various games we're going to play okay. in between. I had to have a very strict Scheduled.
0: schedule. Yeah. And
1: then we had to see what worked for my husband and I. Yeah. Um, I am a night owl, he is um, an early bird. Okay. <laughs> so I would do everything till about um, 3 a.m.-ish, on and off, would sleep on and off, and he did everything after 3 a.m. Okay, okay,
0: so routine. Routine.
1: Okay. And you have to work with your strengths, and this way also we we quickly realized that if we were both up, for every feed for the kids, we were just giving ourselves a horrible disservice. Yeah, yeah. Then we're both going to be very, very tired. Mm. And um, if you're tired, resentment grows. you Yeah. Snapping at each other. Oh, we other. know that all too well. Yeah. So mm. he, he had to find his role as a father, and I had to help him find his role yes. as a father. For me, as a mother, is well defined from the get go. Yes. Um, and as a stay-at-home mother as well. But we've especially with twins it was easy for him to find his role mm. And i like to say my husband's very hands on that he did everything but but breastfeed and be pregnant Not he did good husbands. Oh, yeah, amazing Do you know? yeah like, um the making of a good mother is how good um a father the support the support how yeah, good because a father there
0: yeah. if someone is showing interest of okay how can i how can i help it it's easier for the relationship it's easier, it's for, the easier relationship. for the transition yeah, yeah. Um, because did anyone ever make you feel like you sort of made the wrong decision to get a night nurse? Um, to, or like, is it a waste of money? Because, um, again, mm. these are things that, especially in Africa, mm. night nurse. A night nurse. Yeah. Yeah, so people were yeah.
1: just like, why don't you just get a live helper? And I was mm. like, no, I actually like the helper I have. Yes, yes. And I don't think it's worth her losing her job because of... Um, me needing something different. Mm, mm. So for me, it just worked out this way. Mm. My helper was loyal. She was good to us. She understood me. Mm. Um, so, and I wanted her to keep her job. Um, but yeah, we got a whole lot of mm, just get a night, just get a, just get a live-in nanny. It's but cheaper. Al- it's cheaper. Yeah. But also because what I needed out of my night nurse, I would not have gotten from my a live-in exactly. helper. Exactly. Because I needed someone who would be up with the children from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Yeah. And my helper, if she was living, she also needs to sleep. sleep. She also needs to sleep. Yeah, yeah. She also needs to go see her children and all of that. Yeah, so, yeah. um So I did get some judgment. Um but I got judgment mainly from people who've never had children. Mm. Because it was just like, oh, they can't be that difficult. Oh, mm-hmm. but you just make mm-hmm. it more complicated than it should be. Um, it's later now that they had children, the babies that they realize that, oh
0: <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Yeah.
1: Um, um, because also if you ever live in and then she gets super tired because of a baby there's some resentment that grows around exactly. there. Exactly. So I needed my relationship with my helper to still be where it was.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, it's and it's quite considerate of you, you know. And I I I'm happy that you actually stood firm and you're like, look, this is my decision. Mm. Because people may push you again, they don't even have kids. Mm-hmm. They're just telling you, Oh no, Actually, this would work better Mm. if you do A, B, C, D. Probably because they've seen it from somebody else. Mm. But the situation is different. They don't have multiples. Yeah. Yeah. Like, number one. Number one, they don't have multiples. You know? Because I'm just like dealing with one child was a lot. Yeah. So that's more than, I mean, it's more than understandable that you got, you needed someone to be there through and through for you as you rested. Yeah. You know, is that why you um, now decided to be like, you know what, I need to also talk about these things more and I need to educate people more about services after birth for mums? Yes. So what happened
1: was now, Mm. because that's the time like WhatsApp statuses came up and I'll start sharing what was going on. Yeah. And now people... Friends who say having children or um, they would, again, tell their friends about me or my mm, cousins would mm-hmm. come and talk to me about it. So I started helping people this way. Um, but I did not know about the doula thing yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was just very, um, uh, I, I kept talking about women needing support. Yes. I kept talking about being, women having to be Vocal about needing support. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is nothing... um, I don't want to say cute. There's nothing cute about suffering through motherhood. (laughs) It's not good for you. It's not good for the babies. It's not good
0: for your relationship. This thing of suffering in silence, we need to also just like live it in the past. We really do. Because, I mean... If you look at our moms now, like back then, they were very angry. Yeah. Because they could not say, look, I'm frustrated about A, B, C, D. You pile up and pile up and pile up that when someone asks you, okay, what is the problem? Mm. You can't even identify identify. what exactly happened today. Exactly. Exactly. So you being vocal about moms actually being okay to share, being okay to say, okay, Actually in this part I'm not even in our in, in our generation till now, I remember only when I started talking about what I was going through, someone said, Oh, you went through that. I went through that too. Exactly. And I'm like, but we are friends. We chat about everything, everything. But why didn't we why didn't we talk about this? Yeah. Do you know I just didn't feel like it was important to bring up, but I'm like, that's important. Whatever you shared with me right now, it's important because if you don't talk to someone and someone says, hey, me too, Mm -hmm. it's something you can keep piling on and piling Mm -hmm. on and it can lead to either anger Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or depression. Depression, yeah. So, so where have
1: emotional breakdowns? Yes. This, yeah. So as
0: you were sharing like your statuses and you're seeing that actually I'm helping people. When did you finally decide that you want to do more?
1: Um. So I quickly realized I wanted to do something with mothers. I okay. thought I I thought I wanted to work with babies and children. That's okay. the direction I thought I wanted to go to. So I was thinking of doing like early childhood education and the Mm. foundation of education but then i slowly realized that children are well taken care of
0: there are a lot of services to look out to children and content
1: and content and i realized that um in that first year even when like the kids were up to three even now Mm. um when people would come visit us to meet the babies for the first time or meet the babies or whatever however many times the first thing they'll say was oh the babies where are the babies then they fuss about the babies now let's say they've been there for 2 hours and they finally they'll be like oh but how are you yeah and then or if you even get if that if you even get that yeah um at the baby shower i got everything was for the babies yeah um which was good but then i realized later that um a mother was being born a father was being born yeah. but Everything went for the babies. Um, and that's when I started. Now when I go for baby showers. Yeah. I do pack something for the baby. But I, sometimes I pack something
0: bigger for the mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? You're going to go through some big changes. Some big changes. So well, yeah. I think after the conversation I had with you, I think um, on new motherhood is when I realized that, eh, actually, you know... We are in a society where when people come in, ah, the baby, the baby, um, they bring the presents. And it's sort of like you—that that is the norm. Mm. So you don't even expect anything for mm-hmm. yourself. You are happy that mm. they're thinking about your baby. Mm. But when you start thinking about it like... Really in depth, you're like, okay, so what about me? Mm-hmm. And when we had that conversation, I don't know where we did. Mm-hmm. Ever since that day, I go, okay, so-and-so has given birth. Yes, present for the baby. Mm-hmm. I'll buy stuff for the mom. Like, for what mom. do you want to eat? Yeah. Are you hungry? What are you craving? Like,
1: yeah.
0: You know, even if it's not something big, to yeah. say that actually I'm thinking about I'm you.
1: thinking about you. I see you. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, and quickly also realized that in the first year, um, it wasn't even the the mother felt lonely and isolated. I yes. felt very lonely and isolated. Even with pregnancy, it was yes. very lonely and isolating. So no much. one else was going through the same. Um, but even now when I talk to other people, other women who are pregnant, who yeah. have had babies, and then I guess my friends have also had babies, but I'm so lonely. Mm. I'm feeling so isolated. I, I can talk to people, but I'm just, I, I don't lonely. feel
0: heard. Yeah.
1: I don't feel seen. Mm. My whole being is now for this little person I yep. brought into the world. And I remember feeling that way. Um I remember at times, like, we used to see friends a lot. Yeah. But now because I was so focused on the babies, and I'd rejected a few invitations, invitations started to dwindle. Yes. And then I was like, how come you don't invite me? And they're like, but you don't come, so
0: why invite you? And really, it's not that you don't want to come. It's like, I can't. You literally cannot. And I remember feeling this with one child. What about two?
1: What about two, Like
0: you know and yeah. um the one thing i remember because obviously b- before becoming a mom i didn't have mom friends i did have some friends of mine who've given birth but only after i became a mom i think i remember calling one of them like i get it mm. i totally get it now mm. like yo mm-hmm. i had some newfound respect for them mm-hmm. because first of all we were very young when they got pregnant so it's like the why in the world of their of own. own. You quickly mature when there's a baby. Yes. You know, the things we were doing was not the things they were doing. Yeah. And sometimes I was like, oh, these people, you know, they're not fun anymore mm. and whatever. But I quickly realized it's, it's not even about that. Mm. It's about, is a baby okay? Mm-hmm. Is a baby. So you're stuck in this sort of bubble until. You feel like that. You basically the first few months you're living for the child, yeah. And if you have people in your life who don't understand that, That they won't stay. Difficult. They won't stay because they'll think that you you're the problem. Yeah, you're the problem. That you're ignoring them. Yeah, like I'm
1: not ignoring you. Yeah, I just just have. People, like a little one I need yeah. to look after. Yeah. I, I'm not I d I was wasn't as spontaneous anymore. They couldn't yes. just be like, oh let's go out today. What time? 8 p.m. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm coming. No. I need to figure out who's going to look after my children. Exactly. And my helper had her own children or she had her own plans. I couldn't be like, hey, can you come look after the kids? I no. need
0: to go out. No. It didn't work. It that doesn't work way. that way. I remember there was one day, um, so now, you know, this routine thing and you're very set on it and there's a reason why we're like that. So this mm. lady is like, friend of a friend is like, oh, I haven't seen your baby. Everybody has seen your baby apart from me. I'm like, oh, and I'm usually, I'm actually at work close by. Mm. I'm like, okay, you can come and see my baby. It's fine. Because mm. at that, that time she was past three months. So mm. I, I was comfortable. Um, she's like, okay, cool. I can come after lunch or at 4 p.m. I said, okay, whichever time, but please note, by 5.30, I'm starting my evening routine. Mm. So meaning I can't entertain Mm. a visitor Mm. until further notice. Mm. So she's like, yeah, 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 okay, okay. So in the typical sense of being African, she calls me at 5.30. She hasn't come yet. She wants to be on her way. 5.30. 5.30. So I said, no, we're going to start our evening routine right now. And it's very difficult yeah. for me to entertain you. Yeah. As in for you to be a guest. So because now, you see, 6:30. if it's a close friend, if it's us, I can be like, okay, I need to quickly go bat the baby. Say so they you come with me in the bathroom yeah. so we can, we can keep talking. Not Now somebody is sitting in the, um, you know, sitting yeah. room. Or I'm there like cooking or like yeah. you're doing with the baby. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I was not, we were not at that comfort level. So then she got mad at me, I hear. And she's like, oh, well, I've been trying to come see your child. Um, So you, I guess you'll tell me when you're ready When or oh, when you're available or whatever. I'm like, and that is the end of this conversation. Oh, my gosh. you Will not entertain that no. because first of all we are not close. Yeah. If it was from someone close, I would be like, "Yo, you need to understand where I am." Yes. But you know, I'm like, I don't need this yeah. right now. That's not what I need. Yeah. I need people who can understand me. Yeah. And if you can't understand me, it's fine. You can it's go fine. on your way. Exactly. I think she she only saw Zuri after a year and a half, and because we're at a party where mm-hmm. everyone was. Not because she was coming to visit me in my house. I said no. No. She must stay away. No. So, yo. yeah. Yeah.
1: It changes relationships and you figure out, like, okay, who's in your court? Who's your yeah. friend? Who will come through for you? Um, yeah, having kids showed me a lot. Yeah. It showed me a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when did you then decide to be a doula? So the doula thing,
1: I did not know what a doula was. Even though I was giving doula-ish services, doula-ish help, I did not know what a doula was. And then one day on YouTube, I see end-of-life doula. Yeah, And I watched the video on it. I was like, okay, what is that? And I watched the video on it. I watched a few videos. I'm like, okay, that's amazing. Hmm. So if there's an end-of-life doula, there has to be one for the start of life. And then I went through that rabbit hole and I was like, okay, I really want to do this. How do I get into it in South Africa? Is there a good course to take? Is it um, reputable? Is it Mm. world-class? So it was just on the back of my mind. It was just sitting there because I hadn't really gotten proper information from it. Mm. And again, with social media at the time in South Africa, we seem to catch up like a few months later yeah, or a yeah, year later yeah. so i think it's getting better now okay. but then it was a bit yeah um and then i saw once so f- you know, on instagram you'll see a f- like a friend is chilling with friends in the post. And yeah, I was yeah. like, huh, you're always with this person. Click. Let me see who that person is. Yeah. And I'm going through her things and I see she's a doula. Mm. And I call my friend. I'm like, listen, I was stalking your friend. But I see she's a doula and I want to be a doula. Yeah, Could you, you like get me in touch with her? Me, yeah. Help me out. I want to talk to her and figure out what this doula thing is. Yeah, and if it's what I want to do. Um, And she told me about it She told me which course to take And who to contact Um, uh, Yeah and then I applied It took me a while to apply I was one of the last people to apply Because I was like do I really want to do this Yeah. Um, So I applied And you have to have like a list of questions that um, Sort of like an interview That you have to answer Um, I gave my reasons why I want to do it Um, My journey as a mother Everything that's led me to that point And that's how I got into it, and I was just oh, at the start I was just like, yes, this is my life's calling. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> this is my life's calling. And my kids had started school, so my mornings were very free. Yes, and I was just so bored. <laughs> I needed something to fill up my time. Yeah. So when this came along, I was just so happy. Like I'd found, I'd found Sounding. it. Yeah. And now I knew how, I'd learn how to do it properly and give proper support
0: yes yeah so actually you just mentioned that you didn't I before you became a doula I didn't know what a doula was uh yeah it's not
1: it's not yes it's not
0: something that like you hear oh so-and-so had a doula I'm like Mm, a doula doula. what is that Mm. so for the purposes of like explanation Mm -hmm. what is a doula Okay, so a doula,
1: the the word doula in itself means servant. I think Mm -hmm. it's in Spanish or something. I've forgotten which language it is. But um, a doula is a trained non-medical birthing companion or pregnancy birthing companion who helps helps and also supports a woman Mm -hmm. before and during pregnancy, during labor and delivery. Mm -hmm. And... um, after childbirth and postpartum recovery mm. so you can choose the points in your pregnancy journey when to have a doula or you could, oh, sorry mm. or you could have them through all of them mm. um, so a doula provides support and advocacy um, and she is the go-in-between or mediates the relationship between the woman and her medical staff okay like her okay yeah her medical yeah. maternity so yeah. care providers um, so we sort of give the woman her voice if she okay. cannot um, formulate her questions properly, if mm. she cannot approach the doctors. But because, you know, some people do not do not know how to assert themselves with doctors and True. nurses. So we help you. Um, so during pregnancy, if you have questions, if you... Because pregnancy can be such an emotional
0: journey if you just yes. want to like, let things off your Chest, especially like in instances as you said, you, there was no one, there was no one, there was, <laughs> there was no that. one. <laughs> now you had yeah. all these questions, yeah, and literally no one to no ask, no one.
1: So, yeah, um, usually a lot of like the, the doula training, um, mm. courses and companies they prefer um, women who've had children, okay, so it doesn't matter if your children have lived or you miscarried or something if you've had a child um, and you know all the emotions that go with it um so you have a mother who's helping you, a mother who's helping you transition into motherhood. Mm, mm. Because it will be quite different coming from just a woman who hasn't had a child. Yes, You can't give that proper support. You don't know the emotions that go into this, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. mental challenges, the physical pain. You need to be able to visualize and have all of that um, in your background to help a pregnant woman. Um, So, yeah, we help amplify the woman's voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do not make any um, medical decisions on your behalf. Okay. I'm I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not trained for that. Okay. But we give you sound advice to help you choose and make your decisions okay okay and the other one that i like doing as a doula is that um yes i'll be your let's say your birthing companion during your labor and delivery and i will be there to help you but if you're married or you're with your partner and they are there i like it that the partner is the main birthing companion okay yeah. a mother's being born and a father's being born and it's such a bonding moments. Yes. Um, it helps the father also transition into it. Okay. So my point is I want to help him
0: support her best. Okay. And I will be there to support them both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So in this instance where the mother and the father is there, you will be sort of both of their support now. Both of their support. Okay. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. You know because at least it, you're not saying stop. You're a dad I don't know what, what how I can help you, but now I'm just focusing yeah, on the mom. Like just go sit in the corner. Yes, there, so. yes. Like, so any questions the man has, you know, anything that they're not sure about for whichever birth plan they choose. They, okay, yeah, they
1: okay, 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 yeah. okay. So I also yeah. like
0: help them make up
1: a birth plan. Yeah, okay. Um, I like to talk to the husband on their own as well to just okay. get where their mind is. Mm. You know, sometimes they'll have questions that they... They're worried, or they're scared to voice to, to ask their wives yes. in fear of of um, worrying them mm, or something. Mm-hmm. But men also want to find their they want to find their role as a father. Yeah, not just yeah. Or carry the baby or um, pass me the pass diaper. Pass me the diapers. <laughs> you just want to find their space there. Yeah, and it's yeah. very it's a, such a beautiful bonding moment for a couple. Okay. It's beautiful. Um, so yeah, so uh, uh, birth support. Pregnancy, birth, and postpartum support.
0: Okay, so how? What? What? I, I know we've talked about the breakdown. I mean, you being there physically. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a physical aspect of when you're giving birth, right? And what about the postpartum care? Um, how does that? How? How is there like a physical support? What type of support system do you offer now? Postpartum. Postpartum. Like
1: i said, so it's. As a doula, like from what I've learned from twenty twenty, yeah. I don't actually have to be there always and physically support. Okay. I've had okay. clients um all over the world, oh, in America nice. and so so. Um so we can do everything via Zoom and okay. still like train the husband. Yes, yes, um, yes. Show the woman what to do. So, and so I'm there, okay, on, co- I like I'm there that. on call and then they need me and they're yes. like, What am I supposed to do now? This is what she's feeling. And I'll be like, Okay. How far dilated is she? Then I know which phase of um labor she's in and I'll be like, okay, this is what you're going to do to help her. These are the questions you're going to ask the doctor to get the answers you need. This is what you're going to do. But I'm still giving you all your support. Okay, no,
0: that's good. I mean now (laughs) I mean also with the age of COVID. Yeah, with the age of with the age of social media. Yeah. I'm glad that you can broaden your horizons like out of like your where you're locally based. Yeah. Um and I like there's a very important point that you touched on. You may not be there physically, but you may point out to the partner mm-hmm. because all we need as in as a diaspora mom, you know, is a village. It's a village. So if your partner knows how to support you well enough, yeah. you it may be enough. Yeah, You don't need someone extra or extra even if either. there's someone extra there, because yeah. like the cleaning lady is coming. Maybe I'm still in bed. Maybe I'm still taking care of them. They would know what to tell them
1: yeah
0: because exactly. now this is what yeah. you used to do but you can't do now because you know focus it on the baby mm. the fact that you can also tell them okay from here you need to do a b c d these are the questions mm-hmm. and in terms of emotional support you can offer emotional support anywhere. anywhere
1: like i'm just like i'm on whatsapp i'm like i'm available at any time if yes. it's 3 a.m and you're in tears Call me. Yes. I'm available. Yes. So yeah, it's, COVID showed us
0: a lot diff, of, things. A lot of yeah. things, yeah.
1: So you asked about postpartum. Postpartum begins immediately after the baby's born. Mm. And there is this, what we call the golden hour, mm. straight after the baby's born. It's such an important, like the first step of bonding with mm. the baby mm. earth mm. Side, mm. where we push for the lady, the woman, to ask the mother to ask the doctor to have her baby on her chest, skin to skin, for an hour. They're bonding. Baby tries to um, uh, latch and suckle, Mm, but mm. um, he's getting his Baby's getting the microbiome from the mother. He's smelling the mother, hearing the heartbeat he's used to so much. And the mother's also taking in her baby. Yes. She's smelling her baby. She's feeling the skin. Such an important time. So postpartum starts right then and okay. there. Mm. And um, if I'm there for the birth or I'm not there, I push for it. The golden hour. The golden hour. Tell mm. your doctor you want to have a golden hour. It's a bit trickier with C-sections, C-section. of course, but if baby's healthy and it's possible tell the baby, even if it's a couple hours later for the mm. baby to be there, yeah, we do that. So when we go, when they go home, especially now, again, us in the diaspora who are far from family, yes. um, what do you need help with? Are you having difficulty breastfeeding? Yeah. I don't know how to bath my baby. They didn't show me how. Um, baby's crying so much. What is it? Or... My favorite is, it is I can't sleep, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yep. Can you come in so I can just sleep for like two hours? I'm like, I'm there, I'm yeah. there. Have you fed the baby? Have you pumped maybe? If you give me what I need to feed the baby, I'm you there. Yeah. Um, Or if baby's going to feed at some point, I'll bring the baby in, feed, and then you continue with your sleep and I take, take the, the baby. baby. So I'm there for the whole postpartum. And I'll help the father find his spot. Okay. Show them how to bond over the baby. Just mm. like the low, the smallest things. My, I remember my husband and I bonding over changing the first nappy. <laughs> it was all giggles, <laughs> but it was my most. It was my favorite moment. Yeah, yeah. The nurse and, and Nick, you showed us how. And we're just there giggling <laughs> over changing our kid's nappy, mm. but like just finding joy, even if it's like a such a it could be such a strained time yes, and the yes. lady's healing and there's all of this going on the hormones and everything. Showing her how to find joy in these small moments yeah in the husband. It's all part of the postpartum care. And I come in hygiene-wise, let's yes. say, like you have stitches down there and you, you're struggling with a lot of things. I show you what to do, how to keep it clean, yes. um, just all sorts of things. Show me what you need.
0: I help you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like only just baby baby baby. No, it's not just baby baby baby. Okay, okay. No,
1: the baby's always taken care of. Mother. Yeah. The yeah. mother. Mother's never taken you'll see a woman who hasn't bathed in three days or four days. She hasn't slept more than two hours yeah. a day. And I come in and I baby the mother. Yeah. She's brand new. She needs even if she's on her tenth child. She is brand new. Because
0: also kids are different. Kids are different. Experience is different. Exactly. So
1: I go in and I baby her.
0: No, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like you know, we need to normalize more on these, like, Mommy, are you okay? Are like, you okay? Are you coping? Yeah. You know, these questions. Because, once again, um, you talked about someone's coming. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Then later, like, oh, are you fine, by the way? And yeah. it's... Not asking you to tell me that you're not fine, it's asking like a, I mean just a polite thing. Just like, yeah, yeah you just fine. you know. Yeah, you, when
1: you do tell it. them no, I'm actually not fine, and they're like, "But you have a baby. Why could you be? Why would you be unhappy? I'm happy. This is like, what? so this, look at your babies. They're so beautiful. Oh my god! There's one time I put on Facebook, the twins were eight weeks old, and I was just like. Um, husband and I really want to sleep, but our 8 months our eight-week-old babies have a different idea or something. To those words, and mm. um, it was a cousin actually. She goes, "Oh, why would you complain about babies? Your baby's keeping you up when so many other women are struggling to have children." Sure, and I'm like. What other women are struggling or not struggling with is not my problem right now. My problem is I need sleep.
0: <laughs> right now, and and you know the thing is like, general, like generalizing issues. That's also a problem. It's a
1: problem. Just because so and so has it good, does not mean that I cannot feel my challenges. Yes. That I must Mm-mm. not accept my challenges. and I cannot fix my challenges as a mother. So it's like yours is not big enough to
0: stop complaining.
1: Stop complaining. But I like to say when it comes to problems, there are people who have lost their whole family in an accident, let's say yeah, they are yeah. the sole survivor. Yeah. And that's the worst thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah. And there's some people where the worst thing has happened to them is a dog dying. Oh. But at the same time, there is sorrow going on.
0: Yes, yes.
1: That person who lost their dog this they loved that dog and if that's yes. the worst thing that has happened to them did not tell them not to grieve just because someone lost their whole family
0: no, different
1: I problems yeah we're on different life journeys you cannot compare problems no you can't and yeah because of that mothers yeah Motherhood can be really rough because we're told, but so-and-so has it worse. Or they'll be like, oh, but you have such a good life. You can't focus on your bad issues. But I
0: can. But now, like, at least your husband is there to support you at least. So, well, whilst you're telling them your problems, they're telling them why you shouldn't be complaining. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of women, a lot of moms, don't want to say, because they're like, okay... As looking from the outside, you have a place to stay. Your husband is there with you. You have somewhat of a good support system. You're, you're, you know, you, people may not be around you, but you're okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't be complaining. Mm-hmm. You should be fine, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, you can't say that, actually, guys, I'm struggling with A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. Because people will be like, but is that a problem? You know, exactly. it, it's like leave space for people who have bigger problems. Bigger problems. But exactly. A problem is a problem. <laughs> a problem's
1: a problem.
0: Because sometimes if you ignore that problem, it can become a bigger They've problem. It a bigger problem. The problems, they pile
1: up. Yeah. So, and that's the issue with motherhood. We're not allowed to feel our mm, problems. Mm, mm. We have to have this show of, oh, I'm the perfect mother, my babies are healthy, my marriage is healthy, but when behind closed doors, women are falling apart. Yeah,
0: people are crying, and usually I I say this, um, if you're speaking to someone, speak to someone who you can understand, that's why I started something like this, so you can have a village of, yes, you may not be as close as this, with this mother, but this mother can understand you. Yeah. Also, pick the mothers carefully because sometimes the moms can be like, But you're complaining, why? You just right. see how, yeah. as in, as you talk to people, you can know, Yeah, um, this person I can actually share with ABCD, mm. this person I cannot. I cannot. I think it's 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 like that with life, yeah. it's like that with friends, yeah, you know, yeah. being a mother or not. There are some people you know you can tell ABCD, ABCD and then yeah. there are some people you're like, This is just for vibes, yeah, yeah. you know and actually understanding that as being a new mom is very important very important because at the end of the day you do need to say something to someone yeah but the important thing is choose wisely
1: you have to choose wisely yeah yeah Yeah, so in this case I tell them if you don't feel safe or you don't feel like you can be vulnerable Mm. around your family and friends get a doula yes they are professional enough they will help you in yes. the best way. But they're going to treat you with love and care and kindness. Mm. And then you also have to pick your doula as well, actually. But yeah, we are also going to treat you with love, care
0: and kindness. Yeah. Um, and so what advice would you give to mums who are feeling like actually they need help during their pregnancy and birth journey, but now they don't want to... How... how They don't want to now, you know, say it and then people are judging them or?
1: So to find help without feeling judged, I think you're going to have to start with your doctors. Okay. That is the best place to start.
0: Okay.
1: If you're not happy with your doctor, change Change them. them. Change them. You have to be comfortable with the person giving you care. Mm-hmm. And doctors should be ha- should have the resources to help you find other people to help you. Okay. So okay. you start off that. there. And then now in this um, modern age of social media and all of this, mm. find um, mom influencers. <laughs> it's a nice place to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are lots of mothers there. Uh, find mom influencers who are in your region or in your country.
0: Mm-hmm
1: um comment if you see comments there read them reply to these comments and Mm. see who you talk to and start start um yeah seeing who you talk to and Mm. if it goes on to the dms take it to the dms i have made so many friends this way (laughs) i made my first twin mom friend commenting on her like replying to her comment (laughs) (laughs) and now we've just celebrated our fifth year friend of Essary, and mm. our kids are little besties it's just beautiful I can go to her and cry about, yes. and I started being her we started being friends before I knew what a doula was but I could go to her and be like listen my kids are being little brats yes. what am I supposed to do? and she's like girl mine are being little brats as well Yeah, you know like um, and people be like why would you call your children brats
0: they can be <laughs> it's true it's true
1: <laughs> but like get find your community yeah um go onto a platform like the mama happy hour oof, oof. find a community yes. and from there ask where can i get more professional support mm. and that's how people lead you to like a doula or um if you're saying that maybe your back is hurting or something after pregnancy mm-hmm. they'll point you into the direction of a physiotherapist yes. or a chiropractor or um, something's going on with your child. they point you the direction of an occupational therapist, mm. but you have to find your village. you have to find your people who can help direct you into all these different directions. Mm. Um, and, and how do people reach you? So to reach me, I am on Instagram mainly. That's okay. the best place to reach me. It's s is a k hall my name is e s e z a k h-a-double-l so at s is a k hole or um i have a doula instagram page it is a little dead but i am always available yeah and that's doula at doula s um then the at sign d-o-u-l-a-e-s-e-z-a but instagram is the best place to reach me if not miss wakesha She can always reach me. (laughs) Yes, I can
0: always find a way to to, to reach her. And yeah, I think these services are very important. And the fact that you said that it's not just a regional thing, you can help someone even on the phone, which is so beautiful. To just feel like, you know, having a conversation with someone who is a mom and who is a professional, someone who who can help. Thank you so much for informing us about... Um, all things motherhood in the aspect of, you know, transitioning into motherhood, post-bottom care and, you know, really talking about how mommy matters too. Yeah. 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 Do. Yep. yep. do. Yeah. 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 So thank you so much for joining the conversation. Thank with... you so much for having me. Yes this, was, yes. this was great. It was beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, on the Mama Happy Hour podcast and giving moms and moms-to-be who don't have, like, an option of a village, mm. option, and an, an alternative option, mm. you know. Um, I think that's very important because, you know, we... Assume that ah, uh, you will find a village somewhere, but sometimes it's so difficult, so difficult to yeah. even find mom friends in your region, and yeah, yeah by like the time the you actually hit it off, can be a dude, fun. it can yeah, oh, <laughs> it can be a bit high schoolish, yes. you know. So yes. you know, if you really don't want to go through all that, and you need help, at least the doula is the way a way to go. A doula is a way to go, and. Again, as with all
1: doctors and nurses, if you're mm-hmm. not happy with one doula, find another. And um a doula, a professional doula, this is just a last bit. A professional doula should be able to help you find another doula you would click
0: with. Okay. Okay. Do not just settle.
1: Yes. It's a very important time in your life to just settle.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that's 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 you've had it here from Doula essence. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. See you on the next episode of the Mama Happy Hour. Bye. Bye.